Hello, my name is Dr. Mercurio Arborea, and I am the founder of the Arborea Institute. Through our unique blend of benign pharmacology, sensory therapy, and energy sculpting, we can guide you to a new, better, happier you. You're about to embark on a great journey the new age of enlightenment begin. What is at stake is more than one small country. It is a big idea, a new world order. It's no longer a theory. What I'm about to say is fact. The secret organizations of the world power elite are no longer secret. Welcome useless eaters to the Odd Man Out podcast, where we talk about hidden history, depolitical policy, occult deconstruction, economics, religion, and philosophy. I'm your rabbit hole aficionado, the Odd Man. Welcome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so excited to have my next guest on. He is really different. And if you're looking for a unique perspective and a bold perspective with uh, no bullshit, then you want to check out Legal Man and his wonderful podcast, The Quash. He has had over 30 years experience as a lawyer, and this brings a very different perspective than you're going to hear in most places. And, uh, well, without any further ado, Legal Man. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, man, I'm really excited. We had a little bit of technical issues, but it's all good now. And really uh, looking forward to our conversation all week. My wife told me a few weeks ago, she heard you on uh, the propaganda report. And, uh, she said, you got to hear this guy. He, he, he's kind of got your outlook and he's much better of a speaker than you, but you've got to check him out. And I was like, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I listened to that episode, loved it. And, uh, I've been binging on the quash ever since. So, um, I just (laughs) think that you really bring the perspective that people need to hear, uh, right now more than ever, because, I mean, it's like you say, man, we're getting all this bullshit from the, you know, from social media and from the right wing talking heads and the left wing talking heads. And we know that they're full of shit, but the right wing talking heads, you know, I think I was listening to your latest podcast and you were talking about how, you know, they don't tell us half of what's going on. They're kind of shilling for the, you know, for the state. And that's something I've been saying for a long time because, Man, I listen to Rush and and Levin and uh, Savage and a lot of those guys for years. And uh, once I really started waking up, I realized, man, they never talked about the Council on Foreign Relations or any of these very right. powerful <laughs> corporations and, and corporate funded entities that really run the government. Sure. Right. Yeah, they leave all the key stuff out. They They lie by omission. And it's, it's a very insidious way to deceive people because, you know, like I used to listen to Rush 25 years ago. I, I listened to Rush and I like Rush and Rush is very smart and he's very entertaining. Uh, Levin yeah. is a little different for me. He's very smart. There's no doubt about it. He's very knowledgeable, uh, but he's very deceptive. And it's, in fact, I was, I was doing my, workout routine yesterday I was dragging my tire around and flipping it and I was listening to Levin a little bit because I like to to listen to him a little bit um just just to make sure that you know because I I'm, I go I I come down on those those kind of constitutional conservatives pretty hard so I like to make sure they're not waking up and changing and it's just the same old crap the guy's pushing the vaccine crap but he was he was pushing on this election thing and it makes no sense. It's, he, he talks about how this fraud is so great and, you know, the courts are shutting them out and, and all this, this crap he goes through. And he, but he never brings up the unbelievable disconnect 
between the fact that, well, if we can lose all these freedoms by simply having a corrupt election that the government's in charge of, then the Constitution doesn't do anything and there's no obligation to follow it. If it's up to the people to supposedly go down there, and he never suggested, all he ever talks about is voting. And he doesn't, you see, because it's illegal to talk about the real solutions, which is what the founding fathers did. You can't get a solution from the government by asking the government. You have to make them do it. And you're not allowed to talk about making them do it because making them do it involves some kind of violence or threat against the government, which you're not allowed to do. They just make it illegal. And so there are no solutions that he talks about, he talks about an endless circle, circle you can never get out of, which is that the government's there, it's in charge, it's going to do all this unconstitutional stuff, but it still holds power under the Constitution. Well, those two things don't go together. <laughs> if it's doing stuff that's unconstitutional, then it's not holding power under the Constitution. It's, it's just that simple. Absolutely. I totally agree, man. It's, it's like they try to keep you hanging on. They try to, to, to keep you holding on to so much hope so you won't completely see the whole farce that the whole thing is, is just BS and, and um, you know, keep, keep giving you a little bit here and there. Kind of like Trump, you know, he would give uh, his people a little bit here and there and they thought that they were getting all this freedom and, and this uh, constitutionality and, you know, everything under the sun. And he was really just keeping them hopeful with cheap rhetoric. And, you know, and once you start waking up, you realize that so many of those talking heads are just, you know, kind of stringing people along. It's, it's kind of keeping them wrapped up in this political soap opera, as I kind of call it, because they have to be, their, their minds have to be diverted away from what's really going on behind the scenes, you know? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, it's, I saw an article the other day. I, I don't read a lot of news, to be honest, anymore. I, I stopped reading it quite, really quite a few years ago now because I just can look at a headline and I know exactly what the hell's going on with the things. I've studied so closely, but I saw an article. I laughed my ass off because it said Republicans struggled to figure out how to keep the 2022 dangerous seats. The, basically, the concept that in 2022, these these Republican Senate seats were going to be up for a potential loss. And so the election's not even a month old. <laughs> They're right away with the same bullshit trying to get people to focus on the future and getting organized and canvassing and wasting your time, knocking doors and handing out flyers and talking about the same stupid crap. It's like they forget that the Republicans have plenty of times had the presidency, the House and the Senate. They've had it multiple times and they don't do anything with it. When that happens, they talk about how we got to get rid of these rhinos. Well, that's not an option. You, I can't go move to a state where there's a rhino and get organized. See, they, they constantly mix in this idea that you and I need to do something, but they leave out the fact that I can't do jack shit about Chuck Schumer and that guy getting reelected because he's not even in my uh, state. So there's nothing I can do about it. And they talk about it in these generalized terms, but they leave out all the details that matter. And that's what I try to do is show people that, you know, that thing fooled me for the first, I don't know, 35 years of my life or something. I was fooled by this whole constitutional conservatism system and, and all the scams and, and, and the cons they run. And I, I go back and forth on whether or not the bulk of them understand and are just laughing their asses off at people or that they're true believers and they actually believe that nonsense like I used to believe, but they were so richly rewarded for, for telling this silly story that where they leave out all the key details that they're truly oblivious because they're making so much money and they're getting so much positive feedback that they just really never investigated. And I don't know which it is. I don't know what you did. I did do a show where I went through the whole list of things they're required to ignore over and over and over and over again while people tell them they get mid lunch, people call them, people call in on their shows, on and on and on, and yet they never catch on. And, you know, it's possible that they're just 
See, they're not dumb, though. These are not stupid people. So that's, right. that's the part I always hang up on where it's like, well, uh, you know, if they were really dumb, like a lot of the local hosts, those guys just aren't very bright. You know, they get on there and they, they, they basically just run through the same kind of talking points. They listen to the show before and they kind of, you know, make these conservative arguments and they whip everybody up. But those guys at the national level, they're pretty damn smart. Hannity, I'm not so sure he's that smart, but I don't know. I don't know the man personally. You know, I don't know him personally, but um, his arguments are nowhere near as sophisticated as someone like Levin or Limbaugh. Those guys are smart. Yeah. They're very smart people, you know. I totally agree. And, you know, it's like, and even if they were, were dumb, like possibly Hannity, after a few years, you know, the guy had to have caught on to the shadow government and, and how everything works. I remember, <laughs> I want to say maybe a year ago, I was listening to a Rush, because like you, you know, I'll tune in sometimes still to those guys. And some guy called in, a caller called in, and he mentioned something about the, the Council on Foreign Relations, and Rush could not have changed the subject quicker. And I'm like, you know, right. it's, they don't want to talk about anything right. substantive. You know, they, they want to, um, you know, just keep people going, kind of this shallow kind of um, headline level kind of rhetoric. Right. And uh, they don't want to dig deeper and, and really talk about anything that would make real changes real change anybody can look at what's happened over the last 230 years of supposed voting under the constitution and see what's happened that's why we're where we are this is what you get after voting under the constitution you get the the exact government we have and anybody can look around and see how what a complete joke it is it's i tell people all the time look if the constitution did anything of what we're told about letting the government special rights and equal this and all that other crap, then it would not matter who got elected. It wouldn't matter who was elected because they would have to be very limited in what they could do. And they would have to treat everybody equally. And we'd have to have all these protections and checks and balances and all this other crap built in. Nobody would care who was elected because they wouldn't have the authority to do anything. But then in the next breath, they tell us that if we lose this election, we're going to lose a republic and we're going to get all this. How? How? That is just such a glaring. I mean, if you try to go into court and you had a witness makes take a case like that, this ridiculous where you they just went on and on about the limitations and the brilliance of the system and how the government has to answer the people and all this other crap. <laughs> And then you just showed them what's actually going on. I mean, it would be kind of a, you know, did you order the code red? Because it's just <laughs> such an obvious, glaring, logical impossibility in their argument. You can't have both. They can't always follow your orders. And then you have to worry whether Santiago's in danger. You can't say the Constitution limits the government in all these ways, and it's so brilliant, and then tell me that if we so much as lose a crooked election, that they're just going to do anything they want to us. Those two don't logically go together, and that's why I get suspicious of them, because it's so glaring. Yeah. It's so glaring. <laughs> it's yeah. not some minor thing off in the corner that they're getting wrong. It's, it's the entire enchilada that they don't get right. <laughs> yeah. And, and they're, you know, influencing thousands and thousands of oh, people. Tens and, of millions. Yeah. Yeah, easily. And it's like, it's keeping these people, you know, Rush likes to talk about low information voters, but he's keeping people as low information voters, you know? He gives and I get a lot of grief from people about, why are you so hard on them? The liberals are way worse. I get this crap all the time from people. And the reality is they aren't worse. The liberals are doing way less damage than those constitutional conservatives misleading people because the people who resonate with that liberal nonsense, with the, the government helping us and there to protect us and all the stupid crap they believe, they're hopeless. Okay, right. They're hopeless. You can never, ever swing them over to your side, ever. And all the constitutional conservatives run around saying, you know, we don't have to have them all. And the revolution was fought 30% of the people or whatever. These crapping, stupid numbers they throw out. We have no idea. But they, they claim to want freedom and limited government. That's what they claim to want. 
And so all these constitutional conservatives who could be on our side, and there's plenty on the fringes, right, who are much more libertarian. And then you have the whole scale all the way out to almost kind of blue, where they, they give lip service to it, but they still want my Social Security, my Medicare. They want all these, these government programs, but they claim to want limited government. But my point with the constitutional conservatives is it's a 100% guarantee that they are dragging off the vast majority of people who could be on our side of actual freedom and liberty and running them into a ditch, this ditch that can't ever work. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And it's, you know, it's, it's hard not to get frustrated at that kind it of is. stuff because I mean, you see it, it's constantly happening and all these people, you know, I've heard you talk about QAnon and, and different things like that. And, you know, I've wasted my time trying to talk to people about that. And, you know, obviously it, it's turning out to be, you know, crap. We knew it was crap to begin with. And, uh, they, but they're still holding on to this hope, you know, this hope that there's going to be some kind of big savior, you know, coming out to, to, I don't know what, what exactly they expect, but all these arrests are going to still be made. And I'm like, he's hundreds of thousands of sealed indictments. They claim. Right. Right. Hundreds of thousands (laughs) at this point. (laughs) They, They don't seem to understand how ludicrous that is. I've run the numbers for them. For three years, I was running numbers because that stupid sealed indictment number just kept going up. And it was some absurd amount per week. I mean, it was just tons and tons per hour that they were just somewhere in this mystical fantasy land. They were cranking out sealed indictments with nobody seeing, you know, just multiple parking lots full of people coming and going and lawyers you can't create thousands and thousands of sealed indictments with how many grand jury panels would you need? How many people would have to stay silent on it? Just the list is absurd. I ran those numbers for them over and over and it made no difference to them. Oh Facts no. Don't make any difference to them. None. Oh no, absolutely not. It's, I mean, it really is a cult. I mean, I don't know any other way to, to say it. And it's just a waste of time to try to talk any sense into them. <laughs> <laughs> it, is. it is. I had a, I've told the story before. I don't know. If I, I, I have a, a friend who's kind of a friend and a client and uh, uh, he, he kind of, I kind of red pilled him or black pilled him or whatever you want to call me, whatever I am. And, uh, and that was years ago. And then he kind of got into this QAnon crap. <laughs> I was, I was telling him, dude, come on, man, this is, this is fantasy. This is a psychological operation. I mean, the NSA's counterterrorism group is called the Q group. I don't know how much more obvious they can make it that they are Q, but I went through a thousand different proofs for it. But eventually I just had to get a bet with the guy because I got so sick of hearing about it when we'd go to eat lunch. I said, dude, I don't even want to talk about this anymore. So damn stupid. So we got a bet together that, and I think I gave him I let him state the terms as far as how long it was going to take and what had to happen because we needed something concrete, right? What's actually going to happen? They're not, not one of these Nostradamus quatrain bullshit things where you, in retrospect, you say, see, it did come true. I needed something that you could say today would happen in the future by a date certain, and then we could say, yes, it failed or it succeeded. And so we set the terms. It was supposedly that multiple different people would be arrested or something would happen like that. And we set the terms. And it was like, I gave him like 18 months or something. It's a long ass time. And oh, one of the terms was that Hillary would either be arrested or die. And I said, look, her health sucks. So, you know, <laughs> as an actuarial, I'm just a little concerned. She could actually die of natural causes to the extent she's even a fucking human being. Uh, whatever <laughs> natural causes would be with Hillary Clinton. And, uh, and so we set him and, and of course the date came and it passed and he had a million excuses. And I told him when we made the bet, it won't matter when the bet comes around, you'll have a whole new set of excuses about why it has to be delayed. And he did. And now it's been almost a year and a half, almost two years since the bet ran out and he still <laughs> believes the crap. So I just don't go to lunch with him almost ever. I just I can't stand it. It's too damn stupid. Yeah. Yeah. After a while, it's like, uh, it's just hard to tolerate because it's so it asinine and, and juvenile <laughs> for them believing that stuff. <laughs> oh, Fairy man. tales. 
It, this one guy was telling me that uh, Q has Operation Looking Glass technology, and he can see into the future. This was about two weeks ago, uh, maybe three. And, uh, <laughs> and Trump's going to win no matter what, and all these indictments are going to be handed out. And then he went into the whole uh, Gisara, Nisara, you know, equality, uh, you know, all ailments will be healed, all this stuff. And I'm like, you cannot be a real person. But this guy wow. – had thousands of followers and it's just, Oh, <laughs> a lot of those followers are fakes though. I mean, when I see accounts like that, what I'll do is I'll go and I'll look at, uh, and see how many, you know, likes and retweets they get on their actual stuff. And, uh, I look at the uh, interactions and I'm convinced most of that stuff's bot driven and a load of crap, uh, to give an illusion that this stuff is super popular. And, uh, and huge accounts because I've been blocked by countless uh, large Q accounts for simply going in. They're not being rude and calling them fucking stupid asses. Cause I'm very polite on Twitter, but right. uh, I'll go in there and just ask them some simple questions and uh, uh, you know, point out some very simple things that they're totally inconsistent about. And I just get blocked all the time by those guys. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because there is no answer to any of it. I mean, and, and yeah. you know, I point out that the hypocrisy uh, that they they love to laugh about that the liberals have, which they have plenty of, that they have themselves. They have their own set of uh, asinine beliefs that they uh, cling to and you know, mental gymnastics they'll engage in in order to continue to cling to their uh, fantasy world about Q and white hats fighting behind the scenes. Um, <laughs> you just can't get through to them. No, no. And it's, you know, the way they've built Trump up um, to be this, you know, Monica Perez calls it uh, Batman is the way they see him. And that kind of, that's pretty <laughs> fitting to me. <laughs> but, you know, I was thinking uh, a while back, I was like, you know what? This sounds cons conspiratorial to a degree, but, um, you know, I do believe that the deep state or whatever you want to call it, uh, global elite, whatever, they do seem to hate Trump. And, and, and if that's at all a farce, then it's, it's a pretty good farce. It's a pretty good operation. But, I was thinking about all the things that uh, conservatives have given into just since Trump was elected, you know, they, they've gotten actually more liberal in a lot of ways than since he's been in the office, you know, and it's funny because it would take Trump to get conservatives to want to get their kids back in the public school that they've been com complaining about for decades and decades, rightly so. And now they're, you know, they want to get them back in there. But, you know, we, we've got contact tracing. Uh, Lindsey Graham is he, sponsoring the Earn It Act in encryption. Um, you know, Trump said to take the guns first, due process second. I mean, that, you know, that was such a big deal to me because, you know, anytime Obama even mentioned anything about the Second Amendment, uh, conservatives went crazy, but not a peep under Trump. And, of course, they make every excuse. Well, he didn't mean it like that. And I'm like, well, just just pretend that Hillary said that and then, then tell me how you feel, you know, but then you, you start getting bump stock bans, red flag laws start popping up, uh, um, you know, just all kinds of different things. And of course the debt and spending under Trump and I don't know, man, it just, it makes me almost think that he could have been, he could have been a plant to get them to kind of turn their back on some of their principles because it wouldn't have happened under a Hillary, you know, a lot of these things, sure. wouldn't, they wouldn't have let it happen. It's always the same. It's the same story every single time. Whenever Republicans finally get in and supposedly have power and all this other crap, there's a million reasons why actually rolling back these, these outrageously unconstitutional things don't happen, why they get new stuff that they have to do, they have to give into this, because if they didn't give into this, then the liberals would kill them in the press, and they're doing it in order to get this other thing that they need. It's always the same kind of machinations of behind-the-scenes fantasies, when if you just simply look at what happens over any 10, 20-year period. What happens? Do we ever get any more freedom? Do they ever roll the government back over any? No, nothing ever happens. It always moves in exactly one direction. More government, more government regulation, less freedom, more debt, continuous war, uh, bigger police state. I, I don't get it. There is no time period where that doesn't happen. 
Right. So, so it, it, it's irrelevant. There's only a couple answers. That, there's multiple times in there when the Republicans have the power. But every time, oh, it's Olympia Snow and Mitt Romney, they immediately immediately excuses about the thing. It's like, well, whatever. You told us we have to, quote, get the Republicans in there. Once you get them in, then they say, oh, you got to get the right Republicans. Okay, I got you. Okay. So there's never any, ever any end point where we actually start getting less government, more freedom. That never happens. And I did a whole show on this. I've showed people that compromise, all political compromise is a scam. It's the way it works because all political compromise is the same. And that is, you don't want the government to do something. I don't want the government to do something. Some other person on the other side, some kooky fucking liberal with multicolored hair wants the government to do all sorts of things. So what's the compromise? Yeah. The government yeah, it, does a little. It does a little. Okay, well, as soon as it, that means I lose. Yeah, they don't get everything they want, but they they do get the government doing something. And what I, the government, I don't want the government doing anything. Now we use that as the new baseline. Now the government doing a little bit in that area is the baseline we have to argue from. <laughs> that next time they want the government to still do a lot more, and we don't want the government to do anymore. And so the government does, we compromise, and the government does a little bit more. And that's the system and the republicans are a necessary part of that system to keep the people fooled that the system can ever produce freedom i've asked people all the time for years decades now i've asked them name any country where the people got more and more freedom over time any country in any history there isn't one. It never happens. Every country is the same. Eventually, you get so little freedom, the government either fails or it loses some war, and it, and it goes out of business, and they start over. There is no situation where you will get more freedom under government. It never, ever, ever happens. All that ever happens is that people lose freedom over time, and the government grows. There's no situation where a government grows smaller over time. There's no example of that. And so it, it, it's not it's a, it's a silly fantasy. I don't know why people hang on to it. I ask people all the time, name one single problem that a voting has actually solved. Name a problem voting has solved. And they can't. So all they ever do is talk about things that worse things that would have happened if someone else had gotten in. That's not something, that's not a problem voting solved. That's a problem that voting causes, which mm-hmm. is that they can also potentially get in and screw you worse. It's just those three simple questions should wake anybody up that no government ever gets smaller. Nobody ever gets freer. And voting has never solved the problem. (laughs) I don't know what else there is to say. Once you have that sort of triumvirate of facts in front of you that nobody can dispute. And but they will just go back. We're still the greatest system ever. And we got to have it. What's your suggestion? (laughs) It's just (sighs) it's incredible. I agree, man. It's it's just insane what we've allowed ourselves to believe. Um, and that kind of brings me to, um, you know, you talk about secession. And in the past, mm-hmm. you know, a long time ago, I was totally against it for just because I, I've fallen into the trap of, you know, basically uh, we are a United States and we need to stay that way. I really didn't right. have a better, <laughs> a better right. Uh, argument. <laughs> right. And uh, I really love what you say about that really. Uh, because you, you, you bring up that how are we supposed to get along with these people who, you know, for instance, uh, believe that the First and Second Amendments shouldn't even be a thing. Uh, you have no guarantee to even speak. And they would shut us down in a heartbeat if they could. How do you ever get along with people like that? Right. There's no compromise. I, I, I give people examples after example. What's the compromise? They talk about compromise. I show people how political compromise for people who want government to be small and limited and not do things can never work. You can never compromise because every compromise is a loss for you and a gain for them. Then they reset and keep moving. And I ask people, what's the compromise? If, if you don't believe in abortion and someone else thinks they should be able to, what's the compromise? There isn't yeah. a compromise. If, if I believe in my Second Amendment rights, and I should believe I should have any kind of weapon I want. I think the federal government has absolutely nothing to say about it. Now, the state governments, even under our system, they have a say. The state governments could pass those. Now, I don't, I don't believe they should, but I'm saying even under the theoretical construct we operate under, 
that the state governments would have that power because they have generalized police power. And each state has certain, you know, kind of constitutional amendments to their own constitutions. And that, that gets that gets down in the weeds. There's no point. My only point is that with the Second Amendment, you can't there is no compromising. <laughs> you can't compromise. It's like, well, I think I should be able to have a gun and whatever kind of gun the damn government's going to have and bring on the streets. The people need to have because that's the purpose of the Second Amendment is to be able to defend yourself against overstepping government. That's the reason for it. It's not hunting. So there's no compromise on that. If I don't believe the government should have the right to take my money and simply hand it to somebody else they like, give it to one of their buddies in big business or some supposed needy person, that, that's not something to compromise on. It's not, it's not a compromise to say, well, we'll take less of your money. I'm, that's, that's bullshit. No, you don't have the right to take any of my money and simply hand it to somebody. And so the vast majority of these things, there is no compromise. If you don't believe we should, quote, go to war on something, right, and they do, well, what's the compromise? We go to a little war? We, we bomb them a little? No, I don't believe in that. I'm not in favor of having my money spent to blow people up on the other side of the world. I don't have any beef with at all. And so... The vast majority of things where these guys on radio and TV, they frame it up as this political, you know, fight between liberty and tyranny and, and freedom and all this crap. And it's not that. It, it's not that. There is no compromising with this, these people. There isn't any. So you have to break it up because there is no way to compromise with them. The best you can ever get, the best is that a, a somewhat of a majority, whatever it might be, gets to impose themselves on the other people. That's not a compromise. That's a prison situation. If, if the jailer says, you have to go back in your jail now, and I say, I don't want to, and he puts me back in the jail, is that a compromise? No, it's just somebody forcing me to do something. That's not a compromise. A compromise is something you reach voluntarily with somebody. You know, they want to see a movie, you want to go to dinner, you reach some kind of compromise where you're going to grab a quick bite and then go to the movie, or that you'll go to the movie tomorrow night and you're going to go to dinner. Those are voluntary agreements. That's what a compromise is. That's what a compromise is. <laughs> they act as though when your parents interject themselves and you say you want to go to the amusement park, and he says, no, today you're working in the yard. Well, can we compromise? Yeah. You can go work in the yard and I'll keep feeding you. That's it. That's not a compromise. That's, that's imposing themselves. That's all government does. That's the best you can ever hope for. And, and, and it just, it, it's so clear to me. I don't understand why it's such a point of confusion for people, uh, but it is, as you know. Oh yeah, it sure is. And, you know, uh, and, and then a lot of people actually get off on, making people or using the government to make people do the things they want them to do. And it's, you know, people like us and, and you know, libertarian types and stuff like that. They, we don't want to force our ways on anyone. We just want to do what we want to do, you know, and uh, you, you, neither of the two parties, you, you believe in that. I mean, it's forcing somebody to do something either way you go. And uh, yeah, I just don't see, especially now after, the whole Trump era and how divided everyone is. I don't see anything ever getting even close to uh, uh, coming together again. I think this is it. And uh, you know, it's, it's kind of exciting and kind of scary at the same time, but um, I don't know, man, people better get their uh, shit together. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, the division's so great at this point that for people to seriously discuss a quote coming together and all this. That is just a silly fantasy. There's absolutely no way to come together. I have nothing in common with these people, nothing whatsoever in common with these people. And the reality is the two parties are very different because people who want to be left alone, they're like me or you, we just want to be left alone. I'm not trying to run somebody else's life. They act as those, those are moral equivalents that we're just on the same side. Hey, we're all one country. You know, we got to go hold it. No, that, there's a very distinct moral difference between someone saying, I'm on the side of using proxy violence of government to force you to do things, and someone on the other side saying, I'm not in trying to get you to do anything. I'm just saying, I'm going to leave me, you alone. You leave me alone. 
Those are not moral equivalents and there's nothing to compromise, but that's the entire system. And they act like they conflate those two things as though those are all on the same sort of sliding scale that we're Americans who just disagree. No, no. If, if, if a foreign power was coming in and trying to impose these things on all Americans, as opposed to just some Americans trying to impose it on other Americans, it'd be totally unacceptable and it would be war. But because they couch it in this terms of we're all in this together, they act as though the group who wants to impose themselves on the smaller group or the weaker group is somehow a moral equivalent to the group who just wants to leave everybody alone. It's not. It's, there's no difference between aggression across made-up borders and aggression within made-up borders. There's no difference. You're using the proxy violence of government to impose yourself and to get things, extract things from those other people. It's, I don't understand why that's something that people don't get. It's the brainwashing about the, quote, United States and the great freedom spreader and all this stupid crap about what we are as a, quote, country, though people can't even tell you what that means. They're just so unbelievably confused at a fundamental level. There's no doubt about it. You know, with the two-party system, you have these lifer politicians, you know, like I mentioned, Lindsey Graham and, and people that have been in there even longer. And it's like they keep they're just worthless, worthless pieces of shit, you know, and they they continue to get voted in time after time just because their their base doesn't want to vote for the Democrats. And so, of course, they're right. going to vote for him. And, and he's nearly I mean, he's probably as bad in different ways, every bit as bad as Democrats. And so you just, and then I'm sure that works on both sides and you just have these life for politicians who are just in it to, you know, for themselves to, to organize and to uh, set up their, their future and their kids' future. And uh, it's just, it's just a, a never ending circle jerk. And, and then everything like say, you know, the, the right had Trump in charge and it, like when the fed was nabbing people in the Seattle or whatever. And I brought yeah. up, you know, you don't want to let that happen because we didn't even know if the Fed was doing it. Yeah, we're told the Fed was doing. It. These masked, unnamed men are snatching people, throwing them in bands, and we're told, "Oh, it's the federal government." Okay, well, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, exactly. Maybe it's a, who knows who that is? <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I, I was saying, well, you know, you want to keep an eye on that because uh, people are praising that, right? I, I know, oh, yeah. right? It's, it's like it's all the same government. So when. Uh, First and Second Amendment protesters are protesting that Democrat uh, in, in office or whatever, and people start getting nabbed off the street. You know, are you going to stand up for them? I'm like, it's all the same government. So, <laughs> but it, right. you can't register that to people. No, you can't because there's such a huge belief, like I said, in this freedom and that we're the good guy uh, nonsense that they have. But, you know, the thing that's so funny to me about those kinds of things is I watch movies and I just laugh my ass off because they just show people all the time, all the totally unconstitutional shit that the government is doing behind the scenes all the time. And they completely accept it. You know, the, oh, I want to know what they had for breakfast and I want to know who their first grade teacher was and who their best friend was. And, you know, they want to know all this stuff tomorrow. You know, they want it in their hands, you know, an hour ago. Well, all those things are illegal, unconstitutional searches that would require a warrant. But they make it clear to people that they're not going to get any kind of warrant. They just have it in a computer and they just hit a few keystrokes and they have all this information on you and they just look at it. It's just all totally and completely illegal. And then they show all these people where they're lying about what they're doing behind the scenes to Congress. And there's always a good guy, whistleblower, who wants to blow this whole thing up. And, and they always show you those kinds of things. And then you see something like that thing with the van. Like, okay, maybe these guys are federal officers in some way. Maybe they're just, you know, maybe they're just kites. They're just being paid. And as soon as they get caught, they would go off. Anybody can take yeah. a federal license plate screw it on the back of their van, drive around it with masks on and start picking people up. This is insanity. You can't have masked agents of the state picking people up. That can never happen. The, the way you know whether or not they're federal officers or masked or state or anything, they're not, they're not masked. Okay, that, that's right. how you can know so they could then be identified. It doesn't work to have these cops with the, with the dark shields or the masks for riot police, it doesn't work to have the the full ski mask style 
officer. That doesn't work. No federal officer, no state official who's got a gun can go around anonymously. That never works. That can never work. That will produce nothing but insane insane tyranny. And yet the right. people will support it because they believe in this freedom crap. Yeah. So there's no getting around it. Once, once people believe in this this nonsensical idea that one somehow we support freedom, even though you can look around and see that the government doesn't support freedom even in our own country. And then we just bomb the shit out of people all the time based upon massive lies. And they're shown in TVs and movies all the time, all the lies and the unconstitutional crap going on. But then they, on the other hand, they run around talking about how we're the, the last great hope and the beacon of light and all this stupid crap they dream up. But again, you go back and you ask them the most basic questions, they can't answer them. <laughs> they, they can't answer them oh it's yeah and it's um yeah our, oh my god our foreign policy is just uh you know that's that's a hard pill to swallow when you first start waking up and and, and i see people starting to to come out of that but i mean it's it's just downright evil what we've done and uh or not we we're it wasn't not the you good and I, guy but, <laughs> right we right. are not the good guy i tell people that all the time they can't accept it See, they yeah. can't accept it because people become fully identified with these things. This is just a standard deal with human beings. You become identified with all sorts of things. You know, I'm identified. I, I think of myself as a lawyer and all these other things. Okay, these things get conditioned in. And, and this freedom, we're the good guy thing is just so deeply embedded into people. They cannot let it go. They cannot yeah. let it go. There's, there's almost nobody can let that go. That's mm -hmm. why people like you and me, we're a very, very small number of people and why it's a very difficult sell to people. The idea that the government needs to be dissolved because we can, it can never work over this many people. It can never be anything but a theory, and that's just on display. But even on top of that, it's not a force of good. Yeah. It's not a force of good. And they point to all this supposed fantastic success the country's had as though that's the government's responsibility. <clears throat> It wasn't. It was an empty uh, piece of land with a group of people in it who were basically semi-Stone Age, and they stole some weapons. They were very good people. I, I feel terrible what, what happened, and they just simply spread across, robbing, stealing the land. <clears throat> Excuse me. Robbing and stealing the land from these people and murdering them and putting them into things. Well, of course, if you get all the assets and land of the United States for free— well, of course, you're going to be a fantastically successful place, and then you can fill it with people. But you look at when did it turn? It turned right there in the late 19th century when they basically closed the frontier. That's when it all the people in the country started getting screwed by these giant corporations and all this other crap that, again, is all enabled by the government. So once the, once the frontier was closed and you no longer had open free land, that's when all the problems started in this country. And the people point to that, that 19th century expansion as that was somehow to be credited to our form of government. It's absurd. The government wasn't even out there. They weren't even actual states. Yeah. <laughs> were, they weren't even territories. It was, just, it was just other people's land that we went and murdered and took. <laughs> and they point to that and claim that that's, that shows what a fantastic system of government we have and how effective it is and how much other people should emulate it. It's the most upside down thing. There's a book called The American Holocaust. It's a great book. People should read it. But it's, it was depressing to me. I literally felt sick for like three days uh, when I read the first half. And the second half is, is a load of crap. But the first half is only part of the matters. I, when I just, I'd never understood the full extent of the slaughter that went on here in the Americas. And he goes through and uses a bunch of uh, original materials that, you know, the, a bunch of these Spanish uh, priests had put together and pieces all the stuff together and just goes through, it just really just scratches the surface of how much abuse we heaped out on the people that were here. And it's just so shameful to run around claiming that's evidence of our great destiny. Wow, yeah. that's so turning the world on its head. I mean, just so turning it on its head. I just, yeah. man. Yeah, and, it, and on top of that, we continue to do that kind of stuff over overseas and in, in other countries. Of course. And, it's, and it, you know, I, heard, I think you mentioned Smedley D. Butler. Yeah. Um, 
people need to look him up. It's, you know, War is a Racket is a short book and it will change your perspective. I mean. Why is it not mandatory reading? So many of these simple books, you know, Discourse on Voluntary Servitude, Lysander Spooner's No Treason, Smedley R. Butler's, uh, you know, War is a Racket. There's a lot of very simple, small books, essays that people could read. And if they read them and they were exposed to them, they, they would see what a scam it is. And that's why government controls education because if you open people's mind early enough, then they don't have years and years, decades of conditioning, and they can see it for what it is, that it's this brainwash the government's attempting to engage in. But it's a racket. It's been a racket forever. I mean, how much more obvious can he make it than the, the most decorated soldier in the United States writing a book called saying war's a racket, and he's ashamed of what he did, and he was nothing but a thug for these uh, corporations? I don't right, yeah. get it. I mean, you can't make it any clearer than that. I just. <sighs> and, and, and they always, you know, they're always looking for another boogeyman to start another war with. You know, what, what's the, what's, what do they over say? Over. Uh, yeah. Uh, what do they say? Uh, problem, reaction, solution. That's always going on. And, and they probably always. got this stuff planned, you know, decades ahead of time. And it seems like right, like right, right now, you know, COVID is the war <laughs> on the people. Uh, and who knows how long that's been planned. I don't know, but uh, it's the same. They're, they're using it just like they do the, the, the foreign boogeyman, you know, they're, they're using it to get us to uh, give up rights and uh, you know, to, to take from us and change our way of life. The same old shit they've been doing, you know, since um, even right. before World War One. Always the same protection crap. Well, the country failed in 1860. It's, it's not complicated. It, it failed. Whatever the constitutional construct was, Whatever it was is a legal theory. You don't even have to argue about what it is or what it, it failed in 1860. Half the states left. They gave up because it was obviously a scam. It wasn't working. They were going to be a permanent minority class being abused by the majority. That wasn't going to work for them. So it was just very clear that the supposed constitutional limitations of the government that were written in that everybody's jammed in their head didn't work. They didn't mm -hmm. work. So they left. That's it. That's it. They voted to leave. It wasn't a war. It wasn't even a civil war. A civil war would have required that the South was seeking to control Washington, D.C. and impose slavery on and legalize it in all those states and make them in charge. That's not yeah. what it was. They just wanted to be left alone. They said, look, whatever, your system doesn't work for us anymore. We're voting, we're leaving, we have our own country. You guys want to trade with us? Great. Well, that's it. The Constitution failed. Mm -hmm. Right then, as soon as the, as soon as the North, so-called, would not allow people to simply leave, it's, it's no longer consent of the people. You can yeah. go down and have a war to free slaves, which that's not what the war was about, but, but people imagine it is. You can go down and do that, but you can't then, after that, claim that you have the consent of the people in those states. You can't. You right. can free the slaves, and then all the slaves are then allowed to leave and come to the North if they care to, or whatever it is, whatever kind of absurd solution you want to dream up. Because slavery is a terrible thing, but it was dying on its own anyway. I'm simply pointing out to people, which again, you can't have a conversation with people because they'll, oh, you're racist, you love slavery and all this other stupid crap they go to, instead of just looking simply yeah. at the facts, which is if the government is of the consent of the people, and the people hold a vote, and they say, we don't want to be part of this government. That's a supposedly consensual government. We're leaving. We're going to start our own country. That's it. There's nothing else to say. There is no holding the union together. The union is a made-up thing. It's just a fantasy. It's just a theoretical construct that, that didn't work any longer, and the people left. That's it. The country yeah. failed in 1860. And it's, there's not any question about it. There's no argument on the other side that makes any damn sense at all. And people need to understand it's a very, very important point that the country failed. The constitutional construct, whatever it was, did not scale up and work. I already showed people countless times it doesn't scale. It doesn't mm -hmm. scale. It can never scale to this size. And in fact, it failed in 1860. That's, that's when the scaling sort of broke apart and the people just said, this doesn't work anymore. We're leaving. That's it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, and and they said you cannot leave. We will fight a war, and right because you're you're not allowed to leave. You're not allowed to not allowed to leave. <laughs> it's your this is a voluntary consent, but you don't get to make it. 
some other person you never met who is, who's died before you were born got to consent for you. Well, that's not a, that's never that under no circumstance, there is no legal theory at all where that works. There is right. no legal theory where someone I've never met who died before I was even born can consent for me. And they certainly can't bind me to something where I have no right to get out of it. Yeah. I mean, you can consent to something. You have a binding legal agreement, but you, you can't have a, a legal agreement that runs on and on against somebody's will, except in extremely narrow circumstances where it's irrevocable. Even mm -hmm. if I consent personally, getting irrevocable consent is, I mean, it's a very limited area where you can do it. And in this case, it wouldn't even get close to it because the, what's the reliance on the other side? The other side of this supposed consent is a made-up thing called government. It's just a theoretical construct. There's no reliance by the government on, on my supposed consent, even if I gave it. There is no reliance. Mm -hmm. That construct is, is an agency that's supposed to serve the people. As soon as the people decide that that agency doesn't serve their needs – and they vote, that's it. The agency terminates it. The agent's not put in charge of the people. It makes no sense. And right. It's, it's endless arguments like this that are just clear as day that these guys, the constitutional conservatives, they ignore, they, they don't bring up. If, if you try to have it with them, they, they can't hear the facts and they mislead the people on these very fundamental issues. And that's why I'm so hard on constitutional conservatives because they'll always go back to the same thing. Well, it's a great system. A system's still brilliant. Oh, really? Well, we, we operate under the system. It doesn't work. So it can't be a great, brilliant system. It doesn't work. It's, yeah. if, if the best system in the world is this, what we have, well, then we don't need any of the system. If this is the best, then let's just get rid of all the systems because this system sucks. Right. I mean, everything that's happened has happened under the Constitution. And, you know, there's no way that you could get back to, you know, holding your representatives accountable by that Constitution at this point. I mean, it's gone so very, very long. They've ignored it for decades and decades. And, um, I mean, it's just ridiculous to think, and I, I've been guilty of it trying to say, Hey, we need to get back to that. But there, it's, it's just silly to think that we could. Right. Another thing I that you talk people about all the time. Well, oh, let me just say my one quick and then later. Yeah. Yeah. I ask people all the time. They say, we need to get back to it. Okay. Tell me the time frame that it was working. What, what is the period of time we're supposedly going back to when it was functioning correctly? Right. That's great. <laughs> it, yeah. that, it's a very simple question. They, should, they never can tell me, right? When is it? Right. When is this magical time we're getting back to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when is it? That's, that's a great I mean, question. The Alien and Sedition Act was instituted in like 1792, like one of the very first Congresses. They made it a criminal offense to basically speak poorly about the government and put people in prison for it. <laughs> what about the First Amendment? It doesn't make any damn sense. It's obviously grossly, absurdly unconstitutional law that the, the Saholi founders, they passed the law and they enforced it and they did put people in prison over it. You can't talk badly about the government. Well, right. When is this magical time we're going back to when the Constitution worked? You had the Whiskey Rebellion? Washington put it down with troops? Because <laughs> the government wasn't paying the people? I mean... Just go through the list. <laughs> when yeah. is the magical time we're going back to specifically? You know, I ask people that they can't give you an answer. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, you look back at uh, the uh, anti-federalists and, you know, I, they were I right. read, yeah, they were right about everything. <laughs> <laughs> they were right. And that's why nobody reads them. Right. You know, everybody reads the federalist papers. And federalist papers are nothing but a sales brochure. That's what mm -hmm. people don't seem to understand, just like the Declaration of Independence. It was a sales brochure designed to try to gen up support from other countries like France and Bavaria and you know, places like that to get money for the revolution. It's a sales mm -hmm. brochure. They, the government doesn't take it seriously. It's immediately outlawed all the principles in there yeah. as soon as it got control. <laughs> and, and the Federalist Papers are no different. They are a sales brochure to sell a load of crap to people called the Constitution, which was a rigged up vote. The people wanted the Articles of Confederation, the most uncentralized government, the weakest government you could imagine. The idea that people would have had loved to have George Washington as king is another fantasy like Obamacare is going to lower your premiums. It's just made up. It's just made up. Well, you know, another thing you talk about, which is just the fact that 
we have grown so much as a population and we have hardly any representation if we, you know, and that, you know, even if we had good representatives, which we, you know, there's not any out there really, but uh, it's just, we have so many more people in the country now. It's ridiculous to think that by voting, you're going to be able to get anything done. Right. I've done the numbers for people countless times. If all you did was get the same proportional kind of representation for that the voters actually had back then, minimum you'd need would be about 40,000 representatives, not 435, just minimum. And, that, and then you have to include in that the government did nothing. All these ridiculous agencies, when you, every time you add additional governmental power and authority, supposedly HHS and all this other crap they're doing, then you need more representation up there. So the reality is we'd need maybe 100, 150,000, 200,000 with all the crap the government does, representatives up there to get the kind of representation that the founders fought for. So this idea that we fight for the vote and die for the vote, no, nobody would go, no founder would go fight and die for the kind of diluted down load of crap they call a vote now. One <laughs> vote, 750,000 people, all the fraud in there where they can just cancel your vote out with any kind of fraud and the people have no obligation to do anything anyway. And that's why term limits are crap. You need, you need to have, none of the system can ever work. It, it can never work over 350 million people. It can mm-hmm. never work. It's impossible. It's too big. Yeah. And that would be another benefit to, uh, you know, obviously breaking up the, the country and, and seceding. I mean, it, you know, no matter what happens from here on out, the, the government is only going to get bigger. And hell, you know, Joe and all those people, they want globalism. So they want a world government. And right. so uh, no, there's not going to be any uh, decrease in power by the bureaucracy. It's, you know, you're probably eventually going to get this global bureaucracy that's untouchable. Right. And, uh, and that seems to be what our, our leftist friends want. And I never could figure that out. But I see secession as the only way to try to avoid the new world order, basically, if you want to put it that way. Have to decentralize. We have to decentralize. You can never have governmental entities over millions and millions of people. It can never happen. It will never work for anything except for abuse of the people. This mm-hmm. is the, the fundamental thing people have to understand. It. You just can't, I just can't get people to, you know, to accept it. That you can never, ever, ever work. Right. It's there. It's not a matter of getting the right people in there. It's not a matter of quote following the constitution or all this other crap. <laughs> that that's not any part of it. It's not any part. It can never, ever, ever, ever work. It's too many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, too too many people. Too big of an area. I mean, it's just yep. there's no way. There's just no, no way, way to work it. No way to work it. You know, there was fewer than four million people, and that included seven hundred thousand slaves. Um, when the very first census was taken in 1790 and almost none of those people that were left could vote. So you had just a very small handful of people voting. You can't really even get numbers on how many people voted. I've tried to go back and look at hard data of how many votes were actually cast. Most of the time they weren't even keeping records, but you can go to 1800 and see how few people were voting. It's just a small handful of people, really just a, a very small city, very, very small city of people voting. At that point, in the entire country. <laughs> wow. and, and so it's just, you know, you try to get that in people's heads and the government had no authority. I've done I've done shows where I showed people. I don't I don't remember which one it is, but I showed people that the attorney general of the United States, the attorney general, he held a full time practice. He kept a full time practice going until the uh, 1850s because there was no work for him. Yeah. The work was done by these contract lawyers for the United States government in different courts whenever they needed them. Imagine the attorney general not even having enough work that he had to keep a private practice going. <laughs> we've, we've come a long way since then. <laughs> I mean, th- this, is the, this is the kind of thing, you know, people need to understand. Yeah. That's what they were dealing with. You know, a government that did nothing. Nothing. Your city council does more than the federal government did back then. Yeah. And, and, and people think, oh, we have such great representation on city council. In my county, where I am in the city I live in, it's about 250,000 people. We don't have the same representation they had at a federal level back in 1790. It's not even close. They need like three times more people sitting on the city council just to have it. 
<laughs> and people think it's responsive, and it is compared to the federal system. But think if yeah. it was three times more responsive. And that's at right. the smallest city level. They can't do anything. Yeah. And this is the part, the, the constant, all oh, the voting, this. They act as though the vote is the same, that a vote back in 1790 is the same as a vote today. It's not. They are materially, fundamentally different. There's not any arguing about it. It's, there's nothing to say about it. If you had to have a legal case and go into a court and try to claim that my vote is materially the same as somebody who has basically a hundred times better representation, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It, it, that doesn't work. I had never thought about that until I heard your show. And I just I thought, man, that is, it's so simple. You know, but yet people can't grasp it because most people don't even care for one. And most people care nothing about history. And, um, you know, and they're never told. Right. They're never right. told. See, they're, they're just told this vote is this sacred thing. It's on and on and on and on. I give people an example. And this doesn't even include all the increased amounts of government. I'm just talking about assuming the same kind of representation. You're in a room. You've got four other guys in there. You decide, OK, look, we're going to form a. Uh, a deal here and we're all going to have an equal vote and you know we'll get along with that you know this is what's going to happen okay fine as soon as you agree as soon as you sign up one of your friends brings 395 other people in that he's got with him and he tells you that they're now all going to have votes as well equal votes is, <laughs> is that something that's reasonable no you, you you just shoot the guy and say get the hell out of here this is over but that's the equivalent dilution that the vote even with no government growth has experienced yeah nobody would accept that nobody would accept that nobody would fight for that would you fight for one vote out of 400 (laughs) no makes no sense (laughs) oh there's just there's no hope man (laughs) no hope man you have to break it up it has to be broken up right you have to accept that we're not the good guy that this isn't some wonderful thing we're losing it's not we're mm-hmm. losing a tyranny. Good. We're throwing it off. We're not yeah. losing some fantastic image. It's just a fantasy they have in their head. It's right. just a yep. fantasy. Yep. Yeah. And it's hard to, uh, it's hard to break that indoctrination it because it's, it's in so much, you know, you learn it in oh, school and yeah. movies and it's right. just, it's unbelievable. It's everywhere up against such a huge wall to try to fight yeah. it. You know, people like you and me trying to chip away uh, at, a, at, a, at a giant Hoover Dam with a licorice hammer. It's just it's, it's so hard, you know. You have right. to stick together. People have to stick together who want freedom in order to get people, just so people can even hear the truth. You right. know, it's just so they can finally hear an alternative version of this fantasy that they've been told. They can actually hear an all true alternative, you mm-hmm. know, that we offer, a true alternative, not a fake alternative. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of people out there, and I I hope after this uh, you know few months go by, there'll be even more people out there who who are ready to wake up and hear the truth. Um, I hope so, well, man, this has been fantastic. I knew that I would uh, I knew we'd get along greatly, and uh, and I just love your perspective and your ideas. Would you like to like tell the people where they could find your awesome show and sure. information? Yeah, the easiest way is just, you know, go, people follow me on Twitter. I'm Legal Man at U.S. Law Review. Um, and my show is called The Quash, and it's available on all the podcast players pretty much anywhere you go. Um, I opened a Patreon account a while back, but you can get the information from uh, my show if you listen to it and like it. But, yeah, hopefully people will listen. I get I get a lot of downloads now. The show is definitely more popular. I get a lot of people who like my show, I think, because it's, it's such a different perspective than uh, – they've heard in the past. I make a lot of interesting arguments. I think that people catch on to. So hopefully they'll go by and listen to the quash. And uh, uh, if they like it, then uh, they can subscribe to it or, you know, whatever they like. Absolutely, man. I, I recommend they do because it's, uh, it's fantastic. And uh, <laughs> people need something real and there's not a lot of real out there. I mean, there's some good shows, but uh, yeah, uh, Legal Man definitely has a, a unique perspective, and he's got experience, and he knows what he's talking about. He's not just some guy who got fed up with the system, just some regular Joe like me. He actually knows exactly what he's talking about. So, yeah, man, I, I really appreciate you being on, and uh, love to talk to you again in the future, and uh, maybe uh, maybe we can talk again in a few months and, sure. and see where the country is at and what's going on in this uh, insane world we live in. 
Absolutely. Just send me a DM and, you know, we'll arrange it. All right, man. I appreciate you. Uh, you have a great afternoon. You too. Thanks so much. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. And there it is, my conversation with Legal Man. I hope you guys enjoyed that because I know I did. Be sure and check out his stuff. Again, you can find him at U.S. Law Review on Twitter, and I will put all of his other links in my show notes as well as the books that he mentioned. Give him some love. You're going to dig his show, I promise. And as always, I appreciate you listening and supporting me. If you feel led to give me some stars, that's cool. If you want to leave some comments, that's awesome too. You know where to find me. It's underscore the odd man out on Twitter and Instagram. And as always, don't forget, their order is not our order. Cheers and blessings.